Hey everybody, welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm Brandon David. Great episode about machine learning this week. We have Eli of Gronetics, which is a software and hardware package that's installed in large-scale grows. Uh, and the early results, backed by the University of Colorado study, suggest that 60% in operational efficiency can be saved. And for one grow, that was up to $2 million. So some big claims here uh, about machine learning and really what the next level of automation and growing looks like. Uh, Eli also makes a very special announcement, so you'll want to tune in uh, for that. It's a fascinating interview. I learned a ton. You're going to learn a ton. Machine learning and cannabis on IC this week. Tune in, listen up, get acquainted. So one thing that I'm absolutely terrible about, but I'm gonna to try to get a little bit better at, is suggesting helping you guys find our content a little bit better. So make sure that whatever platform you're listening to on, you subscribe. So maybe that's in the podcast app, maybe you listen on SoundCloud, uh, maybe it's on Facebook, make sure you like our Facebook page, but uh, I'm terrible about telling people to subscribe. So please do, subscribe. Eli, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here, man. Uh, first of all, congratulations on the hustle. You came up to me in a line at an open bar at an after party and was like, Brandon, I like the show. I really got to get on the show. And here you are. You're on the show. So first of all, just props for the hustle, man. And welcome. I appreciate that, Brandon. I've seen some of your shows before, so I was really impressed with the quality and uh, I've learned some stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm glad being rude paid off. So thanks. <laughs> Not rude at all, man. I love that shit. OK, so uh, let's get started at the beginning with an easy one. Just tell us what Gronetics is. Yeah, so we're a technology company and artificial intelligence company out of Boulder, Colorado. And what we've built is a fully automated smart thinking garden for both cannabis growers and food growers for indoor agriculture and greenhouses. So the analogy would be, Brandon, a self-driving car for indoor agriculture and greenhouses. So what we'll do is we'll install sensors and these sensors will track things crucial for botany for horticulture to make your plants grow better and also crucial to the technology and electricity use within, within the garden. And we collect billions with a B data points correlated to botany and horticulture and electricity. And then because of the dynamics within cannabis and the requirements by law for tracking every single yield size, we are developing the most advanced algorithms, machine learning algorithms within indoor agriculture that we've heard of to reduce costs and increase yield size. And what we're really proud about um, our company, Brandon, is our technology would not be possible if it wasn't for the cannabis industry. So this is a cannabis technology company, and we've gotten a lot of recognition early on, some awards from universities and uh, big newspapers. And we're at the point now where we're in scaling mode. So it's a very exciting time at Gronetics, and I'm really proud of our tech team and all the technology we've built when we had a lot of doubters. Got it. Okay, so let's back up for a second. Just um, talk about what was broken with the current way that cannabis was being grown? You know, what was the opportunity? When, when did you see that? Yeah, so I'm sure a lot of people listening to the show were at the MJ BizCon recently in Vegas, and it was massive. I got tired from walking from one end of the conference floor to the other. I've never seen a cannabis conference this big, and it was really impressive. But when you would walk the floor, you would see what I would consider automation companies in terms of um, putting technology in your indoor grow or greenhouse. And what I mean by automation companies are these are 
technology companies that did not start their focus for cannabis, most of them. And because that they're playing in an industry where the margins are much lower and there's less data tracking, meaning that they automate the facility. They, you know, in certain time intervals, add water and nutrients. They have their hardwares, make sure hard pieces of hardware, make sure that the temperature and humidity and things of that sort stay within a given range, but they're not tracking the best performing plant from a strain, a set of strain of batches. And keep in mind, strain is just another word for genetics. And they're not teaching the technology in the garden to learn based on the results learn based on your best performing plants to reiterate and adapt. So every single harvest, you're reducing your cost and increasing your yield size. This is what we call machine learning algorithms for indoor agriculture to actually increase plant results. And we have never seen it before and are very proud of the technology we've built and are seeing our customers realize the actual level up that Gronetics provides, especially when you collect vast amount of data and get a head start in this industry. So uh, machine learning really is the key there and a fascinating space um, that has come to the cannabis industry. What kind of results, what kind of savings are we talking about as a result of, of machine learning and these, these algorithms? Yeah, um, I'm glad you asked, Brandon. So one of our marketing strategies, or I would just say initial launch strategies, is we understood that we are making big claims. So we did not want to just claim our operational cost reductions or, or anything of that sort without having validated research. So what we did is we had the University of Colorado's associated research team look at some of the data coming back from our facilities and they have a case study showing that we will drop roughly for a 50,000 square foot facility they're gonna save $2.2 million a year using Gronetics. Now we are seeing roughly 60% operational cost reductions um, using our system. But the thing I'm really proud of, Brandon, with the um, operational costs is one of the biggest, if not the biggest toll for costs for growers is the energy usage, especially with indoor. Water usage is also an aspect, but because energy usage hurts our customers' bottom lines, we kill two birds with one stone. We get to save our customers money and reduce the toll on the power grid um, by reducing energy usage. So we do have the sustainable aspect that also helps our customers' bottom line. Now, increase. Like I said, we're very conservative in publishing data, but our next case study will be our yield increase and uh, our yield increases using Gronetics and a very prominent uh, grower and facility owner, which our R&D facility is in, in Boulder, Colorado, they are seeing 2.6 pounds per light, increased to 3.2 pounds of light for their cannabis plants. And this is something their CEO will tell people publicly. So I haven't you know, done a case study to validate that. So we're not standing behind those, those exact yield increases. But when you extrapolate those numbers, Brandon, and consider that you could be making just based on that 0.6 pounds in, um, increase, let's say half a pound increase per light, you're gonna be making hundreds of dollars per light. And when you take that number and you extrapolate it for massive facilities, there are huge economic gains in cannabis. And we are also working on these types of algorithms for all food crops in general. Got it. And how many grows is this installed in right now? It, it's installed in six grows and we have roughly 12 facilities that have bought so far. So we are scaling fast. And the great news is the growth numbers are, are hitting a curve right now. Financially, And the one key big news for us is that our biggest and most prominent customer, um, Shift Cannabis, which are doing a facility where we presented the most advanced cannabis cultivation 
facility in the country. Meaning this is the most advanced grow for cannabis farmers. It's supposed to be in the New York Times, Forbes, Mother Media, once we launched the press release. And they just bought three new systems for Grownetics committed to it uh, publicly at New West. So we are seeing our target customers buy this. And these are big prices, heavy deal size. So what we're seeing is some of the top players realize the advantages of the technology. And we believe there's going to be trickle down effect for our reach, meaning that the top brands are going to buy Grownetics and some of the other smaller medium brands are going to realize the efficacy of our product and really reach out. Um, so in those six, um, how much attention did you give them? I mean, how often are you or, or the team there uh, to ensure that really what, what amounts to a beta uh, is successful as it's been? Yeah. So we spent a lot of time on our first initial grows because we knew if we messed up one time, it would be essentially over. We're making big claims. Uh, we're controlling uh, big facilities that have a lot of revenue involved with it. So we took our time. News is we can control all the hardware from our office in Boulder remotely anywhere. We have an extremely talented tech team. Our CTO has been programming since the fourth grade. Uh, we have a second developer who was on Hacker, Hacker Watchlist 10 years ago. Um, and we're getting great talent out of Boulder, Colorado. And we can control the facility remotely. Now, if there's something in the way, like to disrupt airflow, maybe, you know, a bench or a piece of hardware, that might be physically moved. But all of our facilities are running. We have testimonials from all our customers. We just launched another greenhouse testimonial. And I'm really proud of our guys because there is a lot of data. There's a lot of stuff to do on the back end. And these guys are putting out top level code to really have all happy customers. Now, in terms of the actual how much effort we need to put in, we do do our own installs. And we'll fly out to facilities or drive out to actually install them. But we just closed a deal where we're practicing our first remote install, meaning we don't even send our team and their general contractor and electrician will install it. And then thirdly, Brandon, in this year, we are going to scale significantly. And one way we're going to do that is move away from hardware and have software only products that we're selling, which are going to allow us to scale. Yeah. So, yeah. That was uh, really my next question is what part of this is proprietary? The, the hardware, it sounds like, isn't yours, correct? Correct. So I'm very lucky to have um, great people I do business with. My co-founder, Vince, spent six years in China developing and sourcing hardware. So he is just an open source wizard. And what we do is we have great margins on our hardware. We assemble them. We will put different types of sensors together. But you're correct. We don't file patents. And that's not our core competency. What our core competency is, the software that controls the hardware and the algorithms and intelligence behind it that teach the technology to adapt so you're reducing costs and increasing yields. And one huge piece of news that is not getting a lot of attention, but is the reason we've had one of our most recent investors invest and are getting attention from the ag tech community, is we are already pulling data from Argus fertigation systems in this new facility in uh, Ridgeway, Colorado that we're doing with Shift. Such a big deal, Brandon, is Argus is, I believe, the biggest fertigation company in indoor agriculture and greenhouses, meaning all crops, not just cannabis. And a fertigation system is the piece of hardware that adds water and nutrients. The okay. fact that they're already recognizing a startup out of uh, Boulder, Colorado, controlling their hardware means that these other automation companies are seeing that we have superior software. And that's going to be our scaling strategy is just to push the software and push the intelligence.
And are they willing to act as like a channel partner in that? You know, when they when they sell the hardware, are, are they is there a potential for them to sell, uh, you know, Gronetics along with it? In the future, I haven't had that discussion yet, but the real key thing for us is it was essentially Shift Cannabis saying, we are using Gronetics, and if you don't jump on board, we're not going to use an Argus fertigation system. That mm. essentially was the pitch. So they are a very big company, Brandon, and it's definitely possible, but I haven't had that discussion with their CEO, and I'm sure I'll have to. Now, there's other automation companies and there's other hardware companies that we've done integrations with, so that's just one example. But it's really to help separate your initial question that you asked is how are you different than automation companies? And that's been a big challenge kind of explaining people to that. But the intelligence and software that we've built is superior and it's not us recognizing it. It's people like Argus. I think for lack of a better term, you're more of a smart automation company, if that makes sense. You're, you're learning from that automation over time, um, which is certainly a, a, an additional layer on top of that. Um, Help me think through the process here, how you think through the process of uh, why start with the hardware and software and do the installs yourself, um, you know, kind of take me through that decision. And now you're you're deciding to sort of steer away from the hardware. Like what, what are the levers there? Yeah, Brandon, I'm enjoying your questions. This is uh, like a good game recap or going down memory lane. I can <laughs> we can analyze my mistakes and what we did right. But yeah, so. We are very fortunate that we've made some great strategic decisions. And one of them was what you just mentioned is going for hardware and software first. And the reason that was such a good strategic decision is now when I'm meeting with these other big automation companies, a hundred employees, you know, close to a thousand employees, these bigger companies, I sit at the negotiation table and I say, numbers from the University of Colorado's associate research team showing our efficacy, all these awards, all these happy customers were done with all Gronetics hardware internally. We did this with a team of eight people. Now what we're saying is we want to integrate with your hardware and just make it smarter. But if we, you don't want to, we are still going to be putting out our own hardware and we are going to compete with you directly on the hardware end. So this is, you know, that's why we're getting a lot of attention from some big names. We've had some of the most advanced companies in cannabis come to our office and, and talk to us and also in agriculture as well. And I think it was a great statement for Gronetics that with a small team showing pound for pound, we have the best technology for a startup, not just in cannabis, but in the country. And I really believe that. And it's because I've seen our technology team just just execute, execute and execute and execute. And I know how difficult it is to do it. So I think what I heard you say is you started uh, down the hardware path because it could best ensure uh, the results that you were hoping for. Um, so I, I guess the, the question now is, as you move away from what's probably very capital intensive hardware play, uh, what are the major obstacles? What are the concerns uh, in sort of just selling SaaS, I suppose. I mean, how, how can you ensure that they get the experience that your, your beta group has? Yeah. Um, so this is something, there's, there's two things on the SaaS end. They're not going to get the experience that our top customers are going to get because we won't be controlling to the degree of the hardware in the garden. But because in cannabis, you are already required by law to track every plant, what's known as seed to sale compliance, 
we can piggyback off already existing technologies, meaning RFID tags, and we can have the Gronetics dashboard, which is very interactive. It you has a chat feature, a map feature, where you can see your plants moving, you can track your strains. We can still have that software because we still have the ability to track plants because it's already acquired. Now we can. I've uh, I know from selling apps that you know the upsell is a, is a great business strategy. So for our bigger customers, they will get engaged with Gronetics. They'll be using it, and then we can sell them the hardware if we choose. Now this is a big announcement, Brandon. I think this you're the first podcast or publicly place I'm going to announce it, but it might scare some people in the industry. Um, are you ready for it? I'm ready. I'm excited. Go ahead. So when we were starting out, I would reach out to all these seed to sale companies and I respect a lot of them and I have a lot of respect for some, you know, their executive teams, their technology. But what I told them is if you guys bring us a customer that wants to do an integration with you guys and it's over a certain square feet, we will integrate with you guys and promote your seed to sale software thing is we already had to build the bare bones for a seed to sale software for the system and we haven't had that the level we've had people reach out and we've been talking about it but we need to move fast so we Gronetics are going to launch a seed to sale software this year and we are going to push it in Cali and we are going to upsell the optimization system from it the great news about this as you know Brandon I don't need to tell you is it opens us up to a huge market because you're not required by a lot to buy automation hardware, you are required by a lot of, uh, you know, buy seed to sale tracking. And because we've built such an advanced system, we already have most of what we need to just implement that and let it go uh, and actually, you know, bring it to market. And yeah. also we've just gotten our first payment for a consulting um, project as well. So we'll also be taking that um, in for revenue. Wow. So that is a uh, massive extension to the existing business. Uh, you have to kind of take me through that decision process. Very crowded space. Um, are you concerned that that's too much, that you're taking on too much, that you know, the Gronetics, uh, sort of legacy Gronetics will suffer as a result of that? Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. And about a year ago, I would have agreed with you, Brandon. But the one thing I I love startup literature. I love startups, not just res, you know result um, related to cannabis. I think that's why you know I really like that you guys are in San Francisco and in that scene. But what the best companies do, the best investors they say is they do two things better than anybody else. And they talk to their users. And what we've done is we've obviously been building, but we have been focused on talking to the best growers and facility owners. And what we are hearing is they don't want to have to talk to two companies to do seed to sale. If you buy a Gronetic system, you are trusting us to control your garden. You trust our technology. You all we, that's and it's a much higher price point than a seed to sale. Our deal sizes are between generally forty thousand dollars to two million dollars. So. If we already get the seed to sale in that they already need, there's two advantages for us. First, we just handle all their tech and they have one tech company to go to for in internally, pretty much. And then also people who just want to get engaged with us and trust us, trust our software, can use the Gronetic software, see the efficacy of it, and then up, uh, you know purchase our full system. So we don't have to do rebuilding. We don't have to really add more developers to focus on it so much because the fact is we are collecting 
getting 2 billion data points a year from a 30,000 square foot facility. And that requires us to track every single plant anyway. So the fact that the software is built and our customers are asking for it, we are not going to play this game scared. We're going to push and we want to be the most dominant technology company for cultivation and cannabis. And two questions. How far along are you in that development process? Um, and how much money is that going to cost to create this? So team? we are closed. Well, I gotta, I gotta remember, remember what my attorney said. So it depends on the money that hits the bank and how fast we can get it, but we are very close. So we are within three months away from launching that. Um, and then, but hopefully by summer, obviously think can happen um and this is going to be a launch where we're also going to hire a full-time salesperson i've been doing the sales full-time up until now in california most likely who's going to push that product push our consulting product and push the SaaS um as well um this is going to let us increase our revenue um kind of you know prove proof of concept that we are a very talented tech company that executes and then what i'm really going to do brandon is going to double down and invest heavy on our R&D and the most advanced aspects. And we're already um, interviewing some of the best developers in Boulder uh, from Silicon Valley. We're getting great resumes um, as well. So we just really want to be the R&D company that tests the most advanced algorithms, the most advanced nutrient doses, things that would help you grow, patent that technology, and then take it to market and really scale it. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's going to suffer. And the one way we decided is, is, it, it, is our customers are actually asking for it. Got it. Well, I certainly love the ambition. That's a, that's a big undertaking, and I definitely wish you luck with that. Uh, that's classic customer development, right? You figure out uh, what your customers want, what they're asking for, and then uh, you go build it. Um, so yeah, good, good luck with that. That sounds very exciting. Let's talk a little bit more um, about the software as it exists today. What's the interface like here? You know, how, how, how are your customers interacting with it? Yeah, so we launched a 10 minutes dashboard video that um, I think it's public online, but um, I'm, we'll be promoting it as well. This was this was months ago. And essentially there you see the dashboard. But the real concept behind it is when I was growing in um, a few years ago when I moved out here, it would just be an Excel sheet and it was very boring. So we decided to make it a map, kind of like the game SimCity or Farmville, that's the concept. But essentially, so you can see every plant, you can click it and it can show kind of the strain details where everything is. And then we also have an ERP side where you can see how much money you're spending per batch, how much you're using on electricity. And because we can collect so much data, we can just change the denominators and actually customize that ERP solution. Um, we show you how all pieces of hardware are performing throughout the garden and make sure that there's no uh, there's no malfunctions or anything of that sort. So the one thing though, Brandon, that we've really focused on is to be a unicorn company to really take this all the way. Our technology needs to be 10 times better, but also our customer experience and user engagement needs to be 10 times better. So we focus a lot on, you know, making easy use for our product and the best experience from our software. And talk about sort of your experience in that area or, or the rest of the team. I mean, that, that's a bold claim to say that, you know, we make great intuitive software. Um, you know, take, take me through your, your experience in that a little bit. Yeah. So you keep in mind, we have been a company 
building this. We've been a company for two years, but we were even working on this tech as a side project. You know, a, a, our CTO was at least a year before. So this has been built and tested with customers, and we were very strategic in having our first initial customers be beta users. We said we want to ask your opinion, we want to do R and D. So the real challenges on our end is just sifting through the data, collecting it, and making it in a, in a visual and engaging way. Um, and that's a lot of work on the back end, uploading their floor plans so you can actually accurate view kind of to scale of the facility that's an issue um but you know at the end of the day we did what we set out to do and people are really interacting it the one thing we need to improve on brandon is i would like to launch a tutorial uh kind of like that microsoft clippy guy i don't know if you remember like with microsoft word where he like walked around the, the and gave you a tutorial some if anyone has an idea for like a grower guy to do that or something or girl we can uh we can implement that but yeah it's really it's really looks intimidating but it looks about a, it takes about a week for people just to be hooked and our customers now they get they they are on the system everything's communicated through it and they really are enjoying it so um so yeah got it um and take me through this the hardware a little bit now that you're going to move into uh, a software only play you know what would a customer need to do and and what kind of investment are they looking at on the hardware side um, to be Gromatics compatible, I guess is, is the best way to put it. So we're still going to cater and implement hardware to the biggest and most advanced cultivation facilities, but we want that to be our hardware segment, meaning some of the biggest brands in the world, when they want to purchase Gromatics to op optimize their facility, we're going to cater to them. And we've actually been turning down grows based on their size that we won't even talk to because for our hardware, that is our target market. So we'll still be selling them capabilities we since we're open source and we have an open middleware what an open middleware is uh brandon is middleware in general allows harder to communicate with software but in our case as long as they give us an api key or they have an open api which allows us to communicate with the hardware we can pull data and control it and we've had some very prominent companies integrate with us so this means two things is first of all you can still buy the Gronetics system without buying Gronetics hardware and you can still have the controls that even if you don't buy Grand X hardware, because so many brands will integrate with us. It's very rare that we don't have, we have a brand that refuses to communicate with us. So you will get that efficacy. Um, but yeah, the most advanced facilities in the world that we're going to advertise and claim will have Gronetics hardware and software and fully integrated. So I do not want to make the claims you're going to see the same results just based on the software. Got it. So really, you're going to have different packages, different level, like an enterprise level package, which comes with service and hardware and, and everything kind of turnkey. And then uh, as you move down market, it's it's increasingly just software only um, in that software play. I mean, I happen to believe that that that's a big play here. For, for what it's worth. Not that you asked my opinion, but I think that, um, yeah, I mean, the if you can get, oh, I don't know, even half or 60% of the savings you've already seen uh, with purely a software model, um, mm -hmm. there's virtually no capital expenditure to you, just the cost of acquisition of whatever that customer is, namely a salesperson and probably a marketing budget. Um, but the big question remains, I think, um, if you can get the same kind of efficacy with uh, a simply a software solution, um, is there any data as of yet uh, in, in that kind of situation? 
So we don't have any data at all from just software only, um, but we can kind of guesstimate essentially where the cost savings are going to be. And a lot of it's going to be focused on the nutrients being added and optimizing that. Also optimizing, you know, labor flow and things of like that, because we can still track that um, mostly, mostly with the technologies in there. Um, but it is a work in progress. What I always say is we are always building and always improving our progress. So I don't want to make any claims, but I think you're 100% right, Brandon, our real license out the software, not just the cannabis grows, but imagine if you had a strain that optimizes sour diesel for, for yield size, we can do the same thing conceptually for tomato growth, for lettuce growth. And this is why we have so many people related to agriculture and just in the technology field interested in Gronetics, because at its core, this is ag tech product. And you're right. If we're going to be the number one ag tech company, we're not going to win on the hardware game. We're going to win by having proprietary algorithms for software. And then just to touch on your intuition, Brandon, then is one of the reasons we're making the shift to software so much faster is we sponsored a competition called the grow off. It was uh, Jake and Samantha ran it. They're, they're great. Jake was the host of the cannabis. Mm -hmm. um, and we got to see this facility sizes of the people who entered the competition and about 75% of the facilities were under 10,000 square feet in Colorado. And at this point, we don't even talk to a facility under 10,000 square feet. So we really need to needed to expand our customer base. And we realize we are a cannabis company, a technology company catering to cannabis now. And our customers need time to grow. They're going to keep advancing their tech. But just to start at software, you're right. There are operational savings. There are increases in yield. But uh, I have no clue what the numbers are going to be. Got it. Um, so uh, you made another pretty big claim there that this, uh, at least conceptually, could work for many different agricultural products. Um, how much work... Uh, would be required on your end uh, to make that happen, to sort of make it more agnostic and not, not cannabis focused? Yeah. Um, so first on the business end, the business development end or the cost end, there's one key issue. And that is that in cannabis, you're making hundreds of dollars per pound. So our customers see the return on investment within three months hmm. when they invest in our technology to increase yield size. So they are making their money much faster than a commodity crop like tomatoes or lettuce where you make, might only make a dollar per pound. So even if you increase your yield size by 10%, it's going to take you years to get your money back if you're only making a dollar per pound. Yeah. So that on the business end, what we need to do is either have a software-only version that ignores the hardware completely. But when we are going to launch hardware to the ag market, there is one key crop which we're going to go to next. And that's going to be high-end orchid flowers. Because the margins are, aren't that of cannabis, but they're higher than tomatoes or lettuce, and our mm -hmm. margins in our hardware are good, we can still do direct hardware installs. Um, at least that's what we're projecting. But the real way to get to the agriculture market is to protect our intellectual property. And I'm going to make another big claim, Brandon. Our patent attorneys in California have recognized some very significant utility patents for agricultural technology, and we are going to go after them very soon. Um, and they've already recognized that we can get them based on what we've built. So once we can protect, protect our intellectual property as an ag tech company, um, one reason we were able to win the awards from University of Colorado and, and you know, some of the other, other more university-related investors and, and people involved is because we are a corporation in Delaware. We have FDIC banking, and we're considered an agricultural technology company. And these patents that we're going after are for all plant 
crops, all different types of crops, nothing specific to cannabis. So we'll know a lot more within the next six months after uh, we, you know, push this forward a little bit. But it's a very strategic play to develop this advanced intellectual property and software within cannabis and use the dynamics within the cannabis industry to our advantages, protect that intellectual property and take it to all food crops. Yeah, I mean, protecting it uh, is everything, right? That's that's how you create real value in this company, I think. Um, So if we're talking about agriculture more broadly, uh, there must be competitors in this space. There must be machine learning companies that are that are optimizing uh, traditional agriculture. No. So you would think and slightly, but but let's talk about that. So because we directly were very upfront of catering to cannabis grows, we have advantages that these other automation companies don't have. And I'm not going to go into them again because we went over them. But there are some very well-funded agricultural companies that can rate that are very big teams that are focused on some advanced technologies within agriculture, not directly to cannabis. Now, one of them is a machine learning company that does outdoor cultivation that I met, met at an agricultural conference in Tel Aviv. Now, what they do is they do machine learning for outdoor cultivation, but when you think about it, if you're growing outdoors, you don't control the lights, use the sun. You don't control the temperature, that's the weather. So with an indoor agriculture, our machine learning algorithms are more advanced because we have to play them with more variables. And every single variable or almost every single variable within growing, a lot of them affect, you know, different variables. So, you know, humidity is affected by the temperature, the nutrient level and water acidity are correlated. So because of that, we have harder algorithms to develop with an indoor. Now, there are companies that are doing advanced things. One of them specifically is they have more image data sets than us, so machine vision, which means most of our data that we collect are more on data points, so the levels of nutrients, the level of temperature, but we don't have the imaging. But because we're open source, Brandon, and we can integrate with all these technologies, instead of building that technology out on our own, we are going to be the platform for the most advanced technologies. So we're already in final discussions with machine vision companies to implement those data sets. And by combining these different algorithms, these different uh, technologies, these different pieces of hardwares, we can have exponential growth in our efficacy um, by by combining these technologies. So yeah, it's definitely a difficult problem and we are making big claims, but we have a very set strategic roadmap and our team is the team to pull it off. Yeah. Um, so in addition to that traction, you have put together uh, a pretty cool team, uh, including some previous investors, uh, the Foundry Group, which I have to ask about because um, not typically cannabis investors, very, very reputable uh, in the technology world. Um, I'm kind of a Brad Feld fanboy myself. Uh, so I yeah, I mean, how did that come about and how has it been you know, dealing with them? Well, just to touch on your point, I like that you're a Bradfield fanboy because I remember I was at business school in the University of Maryland and I just didn't study for a final because I was reading his book. So when I moved out to here, it was great that to have them actually recognize us. But the way we, we got them to invest, um, so just to be upfront, they're, we're not one of their major investments. They're a very big venture capital firm um, and, and they have a lot of other companies. Um, but they did make a six-figure investment in us and it's because we won the University of Colorado Technology Award for new company. We beat close to 100 different companies in this competition off the top of my head from what I can remember. And there was judges, multiple rounds. And 
at the University of Colorado, he was one of the final judges, Jason Mendelson, who was who's um, um partner there. And um, some of the guys came together. We went to their office and pitched, and they I think they saw the the potential of us being a unicorn company and really believed in us and the team and what we've done. Um, so yeah, that was great for the validity. Um, but we have amazing investors all around. We have, you know, um, Fido Partners who are lead investors. I can't thank Brett and Larry enough. Um, and they're a very prominent firm within cannabis and it's great to have them on our side. And we yeah, also think have- Larry's going to be on the show in, uh, in a couple of weeks or in, in early awesome. January. Oh, he'll be fun. He'll be fun. <laughs> but yeah, they put up with me for a long time and I'm really grateful for them too. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, it's great to have that validation from Foundry Group. And it's because we took, you know, we went up against the best companies in that competition. And, and they voted that we were the best technology company. So very proud of that. Got it. Um, how big can this business be? You mentioned that Foundry thought you could be a unicorn, uh, which makes uh, which is a billion dollars. How how big can Gronetics be? How big is this opportunity? You you answered your question. I think. I mean, I'm, I don't want to sound. You know, I do make bold claims, and it's not out of a place of, you know, it's not out of a place of just confidence with no with no evidence. You know, we are seeing this move. We are talking to our customers, and that's potential. Now, a lot of things can go wrong. We can make mistakes, and that's why we're very diligent and we're hiring and we're you know uh, dotting our eyes and crossing our t's. But the potential for this is a unicorn company, like you said, over a billion dollars. And, you know, we're tripling our valuation very soon. We're, we're moving. We are increasing this. But the fact, Brandon, that this was a very heavy R&D product or, or company, rather, once this is proven on a few massive facilities, our valuation skyrockets because this is an enterprise sale. And what people are looking at, if Gronetics saves us the most money and grows the highest plants, we're going to buy them. Mm-hmm. And that's what the data is showing. That's, you know, there's some great other automation companies. I'm not going to neglect what they've done. And that's why we're integrating with some of them. But that's our key thing, just to create the best solution to optimize indoor agriculture. And then based on that invention, having the product and the traction speak for itself. So in order to be a billion dollar company, what portion of either the cannabis industry and or ag tech as a whole do you need to capture? You know, what, what percentage equal, equals a billion dollars? So I know we would have to at this point move into ag tech just to just to say i wish we could do it just in cannabis and just to be clear i know we're getting ahead of ourselves we as long as i'm ceo of this company we will always be a cannabis company and we always talk publicly about it and support the cannabis community so that's something that has uh, scared some other ag tech investors away from uh, mainly my personality and my choices on that issue but we want to be the number one dominant company within cannabis before talking about taking this technology to other markets but you are right. We would have to really be the number one software company for indoor agriculture crops, both greenhouses and um, and and uh, indoor cultivation. And then we would have the revenue to get a billion dollar acquisition. But if we wanted to get to, you know, a Google level or not a Google, you know, a very big level, we would actually have to go outdoor crops as well. So this technology feasibly could go outdoor, but we're not at all talking about it yet because uh, we have enough on our plate within indoor agriculture and greenhouse agriculture. Got it. So how big do you estimate the cannabis opportunity to be? 
So it is, this is what I tell everybody, there's no market risk for cannabis. If this was federally legal tomorrow, everybody would be buying it. So it's only the legal risk. And I've had investors, you know, pull out because of the Jeff Sessions thing. And, you know, people get scared sometimes if there's a new, uh, some new news from the government. I don't have those fears at all, Brandon, because I think you probably have a similar mindset of me is the evidence is behind cannabis. And more importantly, with the internet and the sharing of information, it's just such an uphill battle. There's no coming back from it. So I think that if cannabis is legalized in a few other countries and it becomes a 500 or $100 billion industry, you would say, or even $50 billion industry gets to that point, you got to you gotta understand that we will have roughly 10% of the biggest um, cultivations in the country or the biggest brands rather, somewhere between five to 10%. And we can get a significant amount of revenue just out of that small aspect of the market because our price points are so high. So we can still be an extremely profitable business if we just stick to cannabis. Um, but you're right with the growth, um, it's going to take a while, but if it was just, if something, if it grew really fast, we could get there or close to there just within cannabis. Awesome. Let's uh, let's switch gears here uh, just for a few minutes, then we'll get you out of here. Um, I love to connect the the really important work that you do with your company with just you know who you are as a cannabis consumer. So um, you know what, what do you like? Uh, you like flowers? Do you like concentrates, bongs, dab rigs? What, what are you into? I like them all, Brandon. <laughs> I'm a huge fan. Yeah, I'm I'm literally like I used to you know kind of it's. For me, I just work really well with it and it helps me a lot. And that's one of the reasons I'm so passionate because, um, you know, I'm from the East Coast and this wasn't as prevalent. And I just see it makes me a better person. It helps people that I care about. And I just the more I'm in this industry and the more I interact with this plant, the more I'm just so for it. And my, uh, you know, my reinforce, I'm not it's not like I stopped smoking cannabis after being in this industry. I've not have smoked it more. So I generally like flour. Um, you know, it has that most that holistic sense of it. It's more, I don't know, closer to nature, I would say. And what I'm really into recently, Brandon, is these high THC strains with CBD in it. Mm. And the fascinating thing is there some of these strains, like I'm uh, this chem dog I just got. It's the same name as a different dispensary, but the genetic makeup is totally different. So that's something this industry really needs to work on. Um, and then also, I think vaping is, is just great. Um, I like it, you know, it's portable. Um, especially the two to one CBD ratios. And then at night I do, uh, I do like edibles that help me sleep. So I am, yeah, I'm an avid cannabis consumer. Um, I don't use it every day, but I do use it quite often. And, um, yeah, I, I started out as a grower. So my love really came, you know, from the best cultivators and, and working on how to optimize this plant. And this is one, something I want to say, Brandon, is I took a horticulture class at the university of Maryland you know, I just took a class and it was how to, you know, grow, you know, a botany class and it was from a professor. And this was when cannabis was still illegal in, in Maryland, in the state of Maryland. He would show us videos about cannabis growers in class and we'd have questions on the test about um, cannabis growers. I should, I should have went to class where I'm pretty embarrassed I didn't answer those. But um, <laughs> the fact that this professor said in front of the whole class that the best growers in the world out of any plant are cannabis growers, like you know, four years ago when this plant was still illegal in that state, just really sunk into me and just gave me such a respect for the cannabis growers that have risked things early on and are not just cannabis growers, they are the best botanists in the world, according to this professor. 
professor. Um, so the, really the skill set and the level of these cultivators, I've been extremely impressed with. Well, I think that's as good a place to wrap up as any fascinating conversation. How can our audience help you? Are you hiring anybody, anybody you're dying to get to that you haven't been able to get an intro to? How, how can we help? Well, getting the word out would be great because all our hires at this point are developers and engineers. So uh, we are very slow on the marketing, but we are hiring five new positions. And I'll say that right now. So if you're interested, please feel free to reach me. I don't know if I'm going to regret this at eli.d at gronetics.co, not .com. Our website is www.gronetics.co. And we're hiring two developers, an electric, uh, no, two developers, a data scientist, an electrical engineer, um, slash project manager, executive assistant, and a head of sales for California. Now, these are going to be stagnated over the next six months, these hiring, but we are looking to scale this team. We're looking to recruit the best talent because one of the best things I've done as CEO of this company is just work with the most talented and passionate people. And that really makes a difference. So if you guys want a, an extremely fun, exciting company that, that people love working for out of Boulder, Colorado, um, let us know and we're really looking to scale the team and really bring the sustainable technology to the whole cannabis market this year there you go awesome opportunity to join uh, a rocket ship sounds like Eli thanks so much for joining us it was a fascinating conversation uh, thanks for being here awesome Brandon thanks so much for taking the time and I really enjoyed this and uh, looking forward to talking soon thanks again absolutely thanks for listening guys we'll see you next time